I am Rot Hull, son of the mother of this world. Or not. Oh no. Son of the great creator, Tot Oman. I am here to offer you people of dirt life. The rider on the back of the dragon bellowed. Black, jagged armor covered the demonic general's pale body. Yet, he moved in it with the grace of a cat. Dunsmere prayed to St. Allegis for the strength to break such a demon. Tuxedge watched the dragon from one of their three refuge points. The Willow for the Druids, the Church of the Red Hand for the Heretics and their followers, and the Cathedral of St. Allegis for the Holy. The town guard did nothing during the melee in the town square other than let Baldo be slaughtered. Now he could see a few holed up in the guard station. Mayor Fellow's girth could be seen behind those armored guards. Shed the form given you by the invader gods. Convert and give up this worship of this demon, Theos. Become a child of the true mother of this world, and not Ona once again. Help us free her from the chains the invader god has imposed. A spray of acid like a spear pierced Thomasina's bakery. The dragon's breath hit with such force that the walls were blown out. A scream erupted from the carnage. There was no way to know who it was. The scream was humanoid, but filled with so much pain, it sounded alien. Dunsmere and Mother Charlour prayed for a quick death for those who burned in the acid. Theos answered with a yes. His name be praised. I, Marotho, am not without mercy. Convert and live as free people, as people of this world uncorrupted by the invader gods. You owe them nothing and have forgotten their names. Shed your demonic visages. Become people of this world once more. You have until sundown tomorrow. If you don't submit, we will burn this demonic settlement. Another stream of acid vomited forth from the dragon an explosion as Rhett's forge and workshop buckled, then erupted. How many people were there? Dunsmere prayed it was vacant. Screams from the wreckage told him otherwise. Blazing chunks of the forge scattered like rats. But not Ona returns. Dotoman comes. Thundered around the town. The pounding of the drums were constricting, suffocating. Mother Charlure led the charge to the well. Fire crawled toward the stable. Alice yelled for buckets and demanded a line be formed. The orphans obeyed as if ordered by a church brother or sister. Dunsmere lifted the shards of a large support beam from a man's broken legs. The man's face was splattered in the deep red of his own blood. Brother Francis, get some stretchers immediately. Sister Claire, make sure everyone touched by Theos is in the nave, rested, confessed, and ready to heal. Dunsmere called. With a grunt, he took the screaming man in his arms and ran toward the cathedral. Townsfolk poured from the protection of that building. 
a living tamponade for the hemorrhaging carnage. Even those who sided with the heretics came out from the Red Hands Church. Dunsmere thanked Theos. They hadn't completely lost their souls. Fear washed over him, and he pumped his legs hard. With as much care as speed allowed, Dunsmere deposited the man in the cathedral on a free cot. He had to get back. The heretics were helping now, but how long before that demon Tobias used his mind control to transform his followers back into a violent mob? Tobias drew those good people to this bastardization of faith with nothing more than a silver tongue. Mind control had to be the answer. There was no other reasonable explanation. Prophet would use it to turn these well-intentioned, yet deceived townsfolk into a force of evil. Dunsmere didn't want to kill them. He lied to himself. Tobias was on the other side of the fire, yelling orders. The Red Hand were closer to Thomasina's and yanking the injured out of sizzling remains of her shop. Not yanking. They were helping, Dunsmere corrected himself. He hated to admit it, but it was true. The paladin caught Tobias's attention. Those eyes, once so welcoming in the grove, now jabbed at the paladin, sharp and cold. We need no more bloodshed, Tobias, Dunsmere yelled. A smile crept up the prophet's face. Was your heretic brother's death too much for one day? Laughter came up from some of the Red Hand and their followers. Others? looked on with disgust, but exhausted resignation to their chosen path. Dunsmere's warhammer was in his hand. Theos answered his prayer once before with the Wyvern Rider. He prayed for a repeat of that deadly miracle. He pictured the hammer leaving his hand, twirling in the air, whistling before it collapsed the prophet's head. You are right, however, Tobias said. Dunsmere used all of his willpower not to launch the warhammer. The strong arm of St. Allegis intervened and halted him. Still, all the townsfolk saw him raise his arm, ready to strike first. This is not the time. Let us be like the great uniter, Theos himself. Let it be known that when the Red Hand offered their hand to help, the church raised their arm to strike that's not true, Dunsmere blurted. No thought. Stupid. He regretted those words immediately. He lied. Not intentionally, he just wanted to contradict anything that vile bastard said. Now, everyone around saw him raise his arm to strike, to kill. Then they saw him lie about the act he just performed. They erupted in cries of protest. Tobias caught Dunsmere's eye, a satisfied smile on his lips. The red hand provoked him and won. Dumbass, Mother Charlure said. He could have just helped. He didn't have to, I know, say anything. Instead, you open your dumb mouth and make things ten times, I know, ten times worse than they were before. Now, when he's saying you're a violent liar, it's actually true, and everyone, I know. No, he said. The smack to the back of his head hurt more than normal. I know you know. You just need to hear how stupid it was, so maybe you don't repeat it. 
A murmur rose as mayor fellows and a handful of city guards strode through the crowd with the arrogance tolerable only by the bluest of bloods. Dunsmuir's personal distaste for their existence aside, they were the law and the best opportunity for justice to be served. This man is a murderer, Dunsmuir cried. He murdered Baldo. Quite the accusation, the corpulent councilman said. What evidence do you have? Lies, Tobias cried. Evidence, Dunsmuir said. He murdered him in the town square. Everyone saw. Is that right? Did everyone see? The mayor's sarcastic lilt was flagrant. Of course no one saw it, Tobias bellowed. Because Dunsmere himself killed Baldo. Dunsmere is a member of the church, a member of the Empire. He killed a true Thalmor citizen, a true man of Tuxedge. Baldo was the heart of this community. The lie was so blatant, so bold, that Dunsmere froze. Liar, Mother Charlure yelled. She was covered in soot, her robes singed and bloodied. Hellish embers dotted the earth around her feet. Oh, dear mother, Tobias called. Did you see this violent act? As I recall, you arrived after the druids attacked my peaceful speech. Hate catapulted from Charlure. No, I did not, she said. But I did see you attack the druids, not the other way around. We could all see that. There was some murmuring of approval. Most came from the church side of the burnt structure, but there were a few red hand congregants who nodded as well. Most of the red hands themselves barked cries of liar and heretic and murderer. Mayor fellows, good people of Toxage, can we believe the words of a corrupt church member who moments ago raised an arm clearly to kill me? I saw that, one of the red hands said. Moore chimed in. It was him that killed Baldo, and he's possessed by a demon. Their cries flooded the town square like a cacophonous torrent. Their cries against him, against Dunsmere. He took a few steps back, hurt. How could these people be so ungrateful? How could these people who he called neighbor turn on him so quickly? A silent prayer cooled the burning rage in his belly. This rage was not divine. This rage was driven by ego. He could not kill the converts. They were just misled. Not far enough from the true church to be excommunicated yet. So, they were his responsibility to protect. But Theos forgive him. How he thirsted for their blood. The Valiant's warm nose on Dunsmere's shoulder quenched the rage completely. Thank you, friend, Dunsmere whispered. The horse responded with a deep nuzzle. Children, Mother Charlure said, get back to the cathedral. The fire is out. Carling Burr led the charge back to safety. The children may go, Mother. Mayor Fellows spellowed. Spittle burst from his orifice like pus from an infected pimple. But the paladin may not. I am not going with you, Dunsmere said. The city guards on either side of the corpulent mayor took out their maces. 
Cries of false bravado erupted as they charged forward. Their weapons swung with violent abandon. Calm, Mother Charlore said with the voice of Theos. The chaotic mob froze in their tracks. They stopped and looked at the ground, then their clothes, as though they weren't sure where they were or what they were doing. Look at me, Mother Charlore said. The city guards did, though with the indifference of a toddler preoccupied with a pastry. What is going on? Mayor Fellows cried. The witch used her demon powers on your guards, Tobias responded. Mayor Fellows knew the powers of healing which clerics possessed, but it was clear he did not fully understand the power of Mother Charlotte. Dunsmere enjoyed watching nervous sweat rain down his already clammy skin. The power of Theos, Mother Charlotte corrected. The power of the god you claim to serve. The mayor piped in. Now's not the time for theology. Now is the time for justice. We have a dragon flying over our heads. Now, everyone, a voice cried out. Tapper marched forward, each step heavy with purpose. The fire is out. We have people dying, mind you. And you're here fighting over differences in dogma? Who cares? There is a dragon above our heads. The cold bath of reason shocked both heretic and orthodox into quiet complacency. Now is the time to unite. I know you don't want to because you're fighting over your God, which from an outsider's perspective, and I mean no disrespect, only speaking of the world as I see it, but when a dragon's just destroyed the town, the argument's really stupid. The truth of his words did not quench the flames in Dunsmere's belly, just calm them. Now, it would be best if we all worked together and figured this out. United, like a team. What do you say? Mother Charlure spoke. You speak the truth, Tapper, though we will never unite with a heretic. Nor we, Tobias proclaimed. The raging flames of violence shrunk. Only the smoldering embers of hate remained as they all once again broke off into three separate groups. Why listen to a goblin? Tapper muttered as he made his way back to the cathedral. It's not like a bundle is stronger than three separate sticks. No, that's not something every whelp learns, but I'm just a caravanner. What do I know about self-preservation? A wind picked up. It brought wet snow that offered no beauty. Instead of being covered in white blankets, the roads became wet and muddy. Dunsmere wrapped his gauntleted hand around Mother Charlure's shoulder. Three hours had passed since Marat Hull made his demand. Do you think this will work? I have faith, Charlure said. It's all we have. Worst case scenario, we're forging next to the falls with Saint Allegis. Mother Charlure shook her head. We'll win. Theos, how he loved this woman. Marat Hall and the dragon no longer flew overhead. Two Avern riders were still there, though their elevation was much higher than before. The demon's tattoo encircled Tuck's edge. The sound was maddening. 
In most circumstances, Dunsmere could ignore anything, no matter how persistent. This was different. The demon's drums never stopped, and the vibration filled every space through the town. Dunsmere looked down at the journal made of living vines, the one he found in the grove. Kirkin, Alice, and Carling Bear all read Druidic and knew the author of the book. Over the past few hours, the trio devoured every page. Pip was a member of the Druidic inner circle in the Golden Moss Grove, Alice explained once she recognized the author. The excitement in her voice revealed the love Alice held for Pip. They were our Dala, Carling Burr said. Tears cracked his voice. Dala means grandparent, Alice explained. Many of the groves would designate an elder to be the grandparent for the whole grove. Their role was to shower all who lived there with the same type of love and affection a grandparent shows their firstborn grandchild. Maybe there were some things the church could learn from the druids, Dunsmere thought. Then caught himself. Was that blasphemy? Lacking the blessings of Theos or St. Allegis would be devastating as things progressed over the next few hours. Dunsmere prayed the forger's chant in silent penance. Pip was a voracious writer, but during the three-day siege of the Golden Moss Grove, Pip wrote with the determination of the condemned. As the druid children read the details of the siege, Carling Bear's body shuddered with sobs. The boy tried to stifle them with mixed success. Kierkin put an arm on Carling Bear's shoulder, using his concern for his friend to stifle the tears pooling in his own eyes. Tears raced down Alice's cheeks as she read. Every word shed light on a memory for them. That horrible day when they lost their families. The lives they once knew, dead and gone forever. Stop! Kirkin yelled. The boys collapsed to the cathedral stone floor, screaming, terrified. What's wrong? Mother Charlure ran to the boys. In her hand was a potion, ready to help cure them. They're not hurt, Alice said. Her knuckles were white as she gripped the book, as though her hands were melted to this living cover. We're just getting our memories back. Cries rose throughout the cathedral as the children of the Golden Moss Grove all had their memories slammed into their minds. Mother Charlore directed the other brothers and sisters to attend the children. A number of quick prayers and the flood of emotions was calmed. Theos be praised. Pip gave us a blessing before we went into the green path. She must have thought to trap our memories so we couldn't remember. Kirkin said. His voice was breathy and quiet as his thoughts chased a memory down a rabbit trail. The green path, he cried triumphantly. It's how we survived. Last time, the, the green path, the trees. But it was Pip who convinced the trees to open the green path last time, Alice said. The resolve in her young face spoke of the steel in her soul. That conversation is what led them to this moment in front of the cathedral. The only possible way to open the green path was to have a talented and established druid convince the trees to open a path which connected all growing things. An initial reaction of fear and revulsion consumed Dunsmere. This green path may be a pagan ritual, but that did not mean it was demonic, he assured himself. For further assurance, he pled a quick prayer to Theos. 
There was no response, Dunsmere reasoned, and the green path was the most obvious way to safety. Why would Theos have allowed such a solution if he did not intend for his children to use it? The problem with the green path solution was their lack of an adult druid who had the training necessary to communicate with the trees. The Red Leaf Grove was their only hope for such an escape. The situation in Tuck's Edge made it impossible for Dunsmere, Mother Charlour, or any other member of the church to approach them. Mother Charlour informed Dunsmere of the danger of the Red Leaf Druids. Before he awoke, they had captured two townsfolk. Both were part of the group that Tobias sent to kill the Druids during the melee. They opened their wall for a moment while Arda, one of the Red Leaf Druid Council, came out with two men, Clive Smalls and Dil Sante. Mother Charlore told him. He was aware of both men, but knew neither personally. Arda read a list of crimes, claiming that the Red Hand were sent to finish what the demon started with the Red Leaf Grove's children. Then she turned into a bear and ripped both their throats out with her mouth. They won't be friendly to townspeople, and especially not anyone from the church, Dunsmere said. So we send a neutral party, Mother Charlore said. I can do it. Understand that I am genuinely terrified to step one foot out that door, but doing so is better than sitting around and hoping I don't die, Tapper said. Us too, Alice said. Kirkin and Carling Bear stood beside her. Determination painted their faces. Absolutely not, Dunsmere said. It's not a bad idea, a new voice spoke. Annabella stood an exquisite Dernholm crafted leather armor, trim intertwined with platinum and bronze. Before her days as a merchant, before she was even married to Baldo, Annabella's twin sword work was legendary. Her mercenary work led her to be known as the Artist of Death. She allegedly worked for the Sapphire Rose. Allegedly. Vengeance contorted her face. Annabella flashed her blades. Flames erupted from one sword and a purple energy emanated from the other. The blades left trails of red and purple lights as they danced in her hands. This display was a reminder of who she was and the power over death she possessed. A reminder not for the red hand and not for the demons. A reminder for him. They're all druids. In times of trouble, people reach out to people who are closest to them. Even if they didn't like him before, Annabella said. Like I'm reaching out to you now, Dunsmere. Dunsmere looked at the ground. He couldn't run in this case, though he wanted to with every part of his person. The pain in Annabella's bloodshot eyes was too heavy a weight for his shoulders. He wanted to flee, to get away from them, to escape the remainder of the pain which he had caused. Dunsmere stayed and raised his eyes to hers. We need to work together, she continued. The rage shredded her voice. So what you did to my husband doesn't happen to others. Annabella did not wait for his response. She turned and left. Annabella, he cried after her, but he didn't know what else to say. What she said was true. He was responsible for Baldo's death. Dunsmuir just shut his mouth, or, or better yet, not even attended Tobias' speech. There would have been no violence between these three assemblies. Like Tapper wanted, they could be united against Murat Hall. Dunsmuir hated himself. Mother Charlour put her arm around him. She loves you, you know. Dunsmuir shook his head. 
Not sure that love can cover for the kind of mistake I made. Mother Charlore kissed his cheek. Let's live long enough to find out. Thanks for listening to What Happened at Tuck's Edge, Part 4. Once again, apologize for the extreme delay on this one, but hey, we've got another one in the can already, and that will be coming out next week on the normal time of a Friday schedule. So keep your eye open for that bad boy, and we'll get back on track from here on out. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate you guys, and um, yeah, just thanks for sticking with us. Dunsmere created by Benjamin Floyd. Written, produced, and edited by Alexander Floyd. Music from filmmusic.io. Cinematic Suspense, Series Episode 4 by Sasha End, Stormfront, Mystic Force, and our story begins all by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 licenses, creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days.